Hello and welcome to Integrating Chinese Medicine with the Dow Health. I'm Elizabeth Cullen. And I'm Georgia Fong. And we are traditional Chinese medicine practitioners and acupuncturists. We are your hosts, providing an educational platform for practical ways to integrate Eastern medicine into your Western lifestyle. Throughout this podcast series, we will be discussing the benefits of getting to know our bodies in a practical sense and how to be an advocate for your own health. All information in the podcast Integrating Chinese Medicine with the Dow Health is for educational purposes only and was relevant at the time of recording. We recommend for any individual symptoms, personalised diagnosis and treatment to see a registered health practitioner. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome back to part two of So You Were Ready to Have a Baby, Now What? Today we're going to go through the traditional Chinese medicine perspective on reproductive health and our role as traditional Chinese medicine practitioners. Next, we will go through, so how long is a normal period of time to actively try before seeking further investigation? And when is it too early or too late for preconception care? And then we'll begin to unpack supplementation and if there is a one size fits all approach. So let's begin with our role as traditional Chinese medicine practitioners. Georgia, what role do we play? Yeah, so Liz, as traditional Chinese medicine practitioners, we support a woman and the home before the seed is planted, treating the person and their pattern rather than the condition. So acupuncture has been shown to reduce systemic inflammation, calm the sympathetic nervous system to reduce physical or emotional stress, support development and regulation of hormones, increase blood flow to the reproductive organs to support healthy ovulation and development of the endometrial lining. In terms of Chinese herbal medicine, we use these formulas to address any underlying deficiencies or imbalances within the body. So Liz, what is the TCM perspective on reproductive health? Well, Georgia. In traditional Chinese medicine, there are four organ systems which, in addition to their physical roles, also have an energetic function which influences the body and mind and is supported by the yin organs, including the kidney, the liver, the spleen and the heart. So let's begin with the kidneys. Uh, in traditional Chinese medicine, our fertility and vitality is centred in the kidney organ, which houses our jing. This is translated as the life essence. Jing not only governs our fertility and how we are conceived, but also how healthy we are, how health, how well we age, and can be seen as a precious storage of our health, which we inherit from our parents and pass on to our children. The kidneys are our epicenter of reproductive energy and also our source of courage, willpower, and I can do this energy. Nourishing the kidneys with nutrition and lifestyle supporting factors will build the reserves that a baby will need for growth and to support your body. This reiterates the concept that we want to be in an abundance when planning to conceive. The kidneys hold our foundation of life and our hard and fast lives can really tire that out. Yeah. Uh, part of the kidneys is the kidney yang energy and um, this can be translated as the reproductive warmth that is needed to be a catalyst to process for the egg to mature and ovulate. This warming energy can be visualised like a chicken sitting on her eggs so they can hatch. 
So the importance of this kidney yang energy is if you're familiar with Chinese medicine, you may have heard from your practitioner the phrase of a cold uterus, and we really want to avoid the cold uterus yeah. um, when we're discussing women's health and gynecology. So again, we want to support the uterus with a warming energy rather than cold, and this is where we really support that kidney yang energy to support the ovulation. Yeah. Um, we want a bun in the oven and not in the fridge. And I think that's a really good reminder there of trying to warm up the whole lower jowl area. Yeah. So when we talk about the channels of bow my and bow low, they are connected by the kidneys uh, with the uterus and the heart. And this is a channel that we really need to support to be open rather than blocked. And through acupuncture, we'll really support this flow of chi and blood flow through these channels. Yeah. I think we should probably go into the heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Chinese concept of the heart encompasses the mind and spirit as well as the blood and circulatory system. The heart provides blood for the uterus and if there are emotional upsets, this may influence the uterus's ability to nourish a developing uterus. The uterine vessel, the my vessel, provides a link between the heart and the uterus. And again, that's what we really want to ensure is getting a really smooth flow of chi and blood. And yes, through acupuncture and also through herbs. Yeah. So the Su Wen says when the period does not come, it means the uterine vessel is obstructed. The uterus is known as the palace of the child and is connected with the heart and kidneys. It's the source <laughs> of conception and penetrating meridians. So... For anyone who's not familiar with Chinese medicine, when we talk about channels and meridians, you can begin to visualize a highway yeah. and we want to make sure there's no traffic on that highway. So that's that smooth flow of chi and blood that we're talking about. Yeah. And then connecting the heart and the kidneys and the uterus um, through those, those highways and those channels and those meridians. Yeah. So they're yeah. all communicating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so another important organ is the spleen. Yes. So Georgia, what do we need to know about the spleen? So the spleen in traditional Chinese medicine governs energy production, metabolism, digestion and elimination and has a transforming and transporting action which converts nutrients and qi into blood. Right. So the spleen is the pot on the stove of digestion where food is broken down and absorbed so that it is can be nourished, sorry, um, so that it can nourish your organs and build up qi and blood. Okay, so the strength of the spleen is essential for healthy menstrual cycle, thyroid hormone production, and it also sustains the luteal phase. Okay, so if we think about one pattern that we commonly see in the clinic, it's blood deficiency, right? Yes, very common. So blood deficiency can be caused by underlying spleen deficiency and a sign of lidomancies can be an indicator as well as hair thinning, drying, and um, hair falling out. Okay. Yeah. So in addition to the spleen and the kidneys, yeah. we know there's a really strong relationship between the liver and the spleen. Yes. Um, as they do work together, sometimes they unfortunately may not work together as well. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, we know when they work together, the spleen makes the blood and the liver helps it to circulate. So why is the liver's role so significant? Yeah, so the, if we think of the liver as the general of the body, mm-hmm. so it ensures the flow of smooth chi in the body and the distribution of blood. Mm-hmm. So the liver is responsible for any movement in the body, including ovulation, and has a role in regulating our menstrual cycles. So the energetic system of the liver has a tendency to become stuck where energy is not flowing freely. So like we are talking about before, we want free flowing chi throughout the body, chi and blood. 
And no traffic on the highway. And no traffic on the highway. Yeah. Okay. So this usually can contribute to menstrual cycle and fertility issues, mm-hmm. although it's the easiest to address through acupuncture, lifestyle changes, supporting your mental health, and also herbal medicine. So stuck chi can be displayed in the body as irritability, feeling stuck and annoyed, delayed ovulation, PMS and PMT, headaches and bloating by the liver pulling the spleen and attacking the digestive system, but also painful periods and breast tenderness. So it's incredibly important that we support our liver, especially in women's health, as the liver provides blood for menstruation stores the blood and affects expression of emotions. The liver can calm emotional energy when in balance and exacerbate when not in balance. Okay. So we've got those important organ systems, starting with the kidney and the heart, the spleen and the liver. And they all play a role in their relationship to each other, don't they? Yes. Yeah. It is important that we keep them in balance. Yeah. And create that homeostasis in the body. Yes. Right? Yes. So, Liz, if we talk about couples actively trying, Mm -hmm. let's move on to the next topic of how long is a normal period of time to actively try before couples should seek further investigation? Okay, I think this is a really important question and we do hear and speak about it a lot in the clinic. Uh, Different factors will determine how long a couple should actively be trying before they should seek further investigation from a specialist. So a number of these factors include your age, conditions including accurately diagnosed PCOS, endometriosis, amenorrhea, and with amenorrhea, you can listen back to our previous episodes on amenorrhea, which is episode one and episode two. Yeah, two-part series. Yeah, two-part series. Uh, Thyroid disease and diabetes. However, in general, for a healthy couple who are under the age of 35 years old, it is normal for a couple to take 6 to 12 months to fall naturally. And as we spoke about in part one, an expectation of when a couple is open to trying should have more of a perspective that they will fall pregnant within the year rather than the month. Yes, yeah. So when we're talking about seeking further investigation, it's really important that you're an advocate for your own health and creating an integrative team around you. Now, this may include... A GP who's trained in women's health. Yes. In addition to an acupuncturist who is also trained in women's health, mm. naturopath, internal pelvic floor physio, a psychologist, and a nutritionist. Now, not every patient will need all parts of the integrated team, but we find that patients really do benefit, depending on the individual, from a number of those practitioners working together. This is in addition to a gynecologist and a reproductive medicine doctor for some patients as well. I think it's really important that we speak about empowerment here in addition to being an advocate for your own health. And if you're not happy with what your first specialist has said, it's okay to get a second opinion and even a third. To take your time to make decisions is really important. So if you've been given some information that you need some time to settle with and to absorb, 
go home, digest, and make sure your decision is informed as well as being a comfortable one for you as well as your partner. Mm. Um, a tip's always to write down questions as sometimes we can forget what we wanted to ask in a white coat syndrome type of environment. So sometimes writing it on notes on your phone or writing them down on a piece of paper, you can always go through those questions with your allied health therapist as well before seeing a specialist. So, is there anything you wanted to add? No, I think you've covered it all. I think the importance of empowering women and being well-informed and knowing that in terms of checking in with a specialist, that it's you have your choice and you're able to, for lack of a better term, shop around if need be. Yeah, if need be. And if you don't feel comfortable with one opinion, then getting another opinion is a great idea. Yeah, because you need to be comfortable with your specialist and also your... Allied healthcare practitioner and your GP as well. Yeah. And yeah. you really should feel that your care is patient focused and that you are heard. Yeah. Yeah. So, and in addition to that is considering those factors that we've spoken about and just flagging those when you do begin your journey of wanting to conceive and you may be creating your integrative care team a little bit earlier and that works really well as well. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. We talk about preconception care a lot. And I think it is something important that we ask, is it too early or is it too late for preconception care? So Liz, the simple answer is it is never too early or too late to start preconception care. Happy days. Happy days. (laughs) Anyone can start. (laughs) So in traditional Chinese culture, women support their bodies and their menstrual cycles through every stage of their lives. So it is part of their lifestyle and well-being to look after themselves and their reproductive hormones. Mm -hmm. A perspective on fertility to consider is that one's fertility is an expression of our vitality. It It is a significant component of our health and not separate. Our fertility is something that we, both female and males, should consider as part of looking after ourselves and should not be directly linked to considering conceiving and pregnancy. So our fertility potential is a treasure. We should begin to preserve, nourish and support as soon as we become aware of our reproductive health, hormones and fertility, which is a really nice way to think about it. Yeah, definitely. Supporting and nourishing the gym. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what we see clinically. So wherever we meet a patient on the road of their fertility journey, we see a woman and their partner who is more supported more heard and more empowered and more and um sorry more heard and more empowered to make consciously educated choices not only for results but for their own body and mind yeah. more importantly yeah definitely definitely how do you find this supports their body and mind so they begin to learn a new relationship with their body we see reduction in stress surrounding conception mm-hmm. if there is a miscarriage they feel more supported And patients feel more supported in general and they recover better and this is reflected in their cycles. Yes, definitely. Definitely in their state of mind. Yeah. Do you see this clinically as well? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I think if you can hold the space for the individual and you're there with them along their journey, wherever you may meet them on that is going to support them. So, yeah, I I think that preconception side of things isn't, the main aim isn't falling pregnant. It is supporting women through their entire journey. So, yes, pregnancy is our focus, but at the same yeah. time it's nourishing and supporting that woman along her full journey. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, 
So, Liz, if there is a lot in the media about supplementation. Yes. Yes. So could you please give us a little bit of an insight into is there a one-size-fits-all approach in supplementation? Okay. So every couples are different um, and they're different not only as a couple but also as individuals and there is not a formula for supplements that fits all, so to speak. So I think it's very important to take a high-quality prenatal supplement, ideally for at least three months prior to actively planning to conceive. Now, why do we want to take it three months at least before? Mm. Well, that's because we know from a place of spermatogenesis, so sperm turnover or sperm health is about 72 to 90 days, as we spoke about in part one. And from an egg quality side of things is 90 to 120 days. So a good quality prenatal contains all the essential nutrients, minerals and vitamins that a mother's body will require to support and nourish a healthy baby to full term. If you've already seen one of our practitioners for preconception care, you would have already been recommended an appropriate prenatal supplement with the current dosage of vitamins, minerals and activated bioavailable folate required for a healthy pregnancy. There are some key vitamins and minerals that should be contained within your prenatal supplement. So this is something to flag whether or not you're seeing a practitioner of an allied health type of category or if you're seeing a GP, it's really important to note that there is a significant difference in the quality of a practitioner only range supplement and a brand that you get from your local pharmacy or supermarket. So keeping in mind, even though they can be more expensive, you will feel the therapeutic benefit of the better quality brand rather than not absorbing the local pharmacy brand that you find in the discount bin that you're most likely excreting out anyway, unfortunately. Yeah. So we really wanted to take some time to speak about the importance of folinic acid. Um, There is a lot of misinformation about folic acid out there, which is commonly outdated. Um, Medical guidelines continue to recommend folic acid, which many doctors continue to recommend a really high dose of folic acid to women trying to conceive. And a lot of supplement companies are still trying to sell folic acid products and are giving misinformation about the safety of folic acid. So we really wanted to create the space to talk about this today. Um, It is well known that folate is essential for preventing birth defects, uh, including neural tube defects and spina bifida. However, not all folate is the same, and it is important to supplement your diet with the correct form of vitamin B9. It is important to consider that, yes, we need an adequate amount of folate, but what about if there's an amount that is too much? So folic acid is a synthetic version of folate and is commonly found in over-the-counter prenatal supplements and fortified foods. There is a unique gene called MTHFR that plays a major role in processing amino acids, which are the building blocks of proteins, and the complex conversion of folic acid into its bioavailable form, which is able to be used by the body's cells. The process of converting synthetic folate into a usable form is very difficult and for some individuals they may have a gene mutation called MTHFR which is something to again investigate with an allied health professional including your GP, your reproductive doctor or your naturopath. Yes, yep. um, Which makes it impossible physically to metabolise synthetic folic acid. So due to the complexity of conversion and the risk of having an MTHFR gene mutation, it is recommended that all women planning to conceive take the active form of folate 
also known as 5-MTHF. If we want to unpack the big word of that, 5-methyl-tetrahydrofolate. Great. <laughs> Nailed it. Tools. Folinic um, acid or levomethylate. Excuse me for my pronunciation. Folinic <laughs> uh, acid also supports DNA synthesis and cell repair. So I know that can to be a lot to absorb. So at the end of the day, yeah. all roads lead to Rome. And in terms of consuming the synthetic form of folic acid or the active natural form of folinic acid, however, with this information, we can understand how hard it is for the body to absorb and convert folic acid to be used effectively in the body for cellular regeneration and the growth and development of a fetus rather than folic acid folinic acid which is much easier converted and observed into the active form so what you can take away from that today is look for a supplement that ideally is practitioner only yeah um otherwise going to your health food shop Mm -hmm. and having a chat to the naturopath there or again seeing an allied health practitioner or having a chat to your gp um about the best prenatal for you um and look for something with folinic Acid, so with the IC on the end rather than folic acid, folic acid so or activated folate, or activated folate. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. two are the ones that you want in your prenatal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And in addition to that, make sure with supplementation that you go off what you need as an individual. So that may also be from what your pathology shows you. So if you end up doing some prenatal bloods, you'll see, say, for example, you may be vitamin D deficient or there may be an issue with iron. Uh, That's something that you really want to have a look at and to go to a GP or a trained acupuncturist in women's health or naturopath or another allied health practitioner or your reproductive doctor who's going to be able to support you to make sure that you're in that place of abundance before you are falling pregnant. It's really important that you don't self-prescribe because sometimes you can create more of an imbalance in your body. So it's really important that you don't take that information from social media or off blogs because it really is important that it's tailored to the individual. I agree. Yeah. And that's really important because there are some supplements that can do a lot of damage and we have to be really mindful of supporting the woman's body and making sure that she's on the right combination and what your best friend might be taking might not be right for you. Yeah. Yeah. And and rather than doing good, it may actually interrupt your hormones. Yeah. And we want to avoid that. Definitely. (laughs) As much as possible. Yeah. So, So, yes, definitely checking in with your GP or an allied healthcare practitioner and asking for their recommendations. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And our take-home message. So, what are our three top tips? So, number one, so this is a little bit fun and reflects Chinese medicine. Yeah. So, we always recommend to keep your feet warm. So the reason being is all of the energy channels of the kidney, liver, and spleen start in your feet. So cold feet and toes can cause constriction of chi and blood in the reproductive channels. And we want to remember that we are aiming to support continuous, healthy, and warm chi and blood flow to the reproductive organs. So like Liz said before, remembering bun in the oven, not the fridge, keep those feet warm. So keeping your feet warm in all circumstances. All circumstances. So no Birkenstocks in winter. No. Unless you put socks on. Put your socks on (laughs) with your Birkenstocks. That works fine. (laughs) But (laughs) 
and get your feet covered. Yeah. Yeah. Nice and warm. Yeah. What about um, number two? Number two. So I think it's really important if you can take home a message from today and um and from part one as well is learning about your body and the messages that your body shows you for ovulation and from the quality of your period. As a female, you have an inherent gift that your period is like a monthly report card. And if you listen to your body, your body will show you with signs of ovulation and with your period. Please take the time to learn about your body. It is a huge gift that you are given and it is such a strength if you can encompass this as part of your life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And number three, Georgia. So number three... We want to be an advocate for our own health. Yes. We recommend finding a team that supports you and that you feel supported and well-informed throughout this entire journey. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Great. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll wrap it up there. Look after yourselves. Bye.